What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Browner and Lawhead. It is Wednesday for us, so you know what that means. It's technically Friday for us as we come into a NFL playoff weekend. Now, we've been grinding with this episode. We've been grinding with this show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN here in Southern California, also known as the Mega Market. I didn't coin it. Someone else did. I'm John Browner, joined by comedian, world-traveled extraordinaire, and Russell enthusiast, Jason Lawhead. <laughs> we are going to have a good time on today's show. What's up, Jason? Oh, hey, man. You know, the major, the, the Mega Market, right? Mm-hmm. From the Baja to Santa Barbara. I love that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. I'm, I'm Jack. Hopefully the dry right? Santa Barbara now. Yeah, I know, right? White people problems. Anyway, um, I'm jacked about you know the show and what we're going to talk about and this weekend and all the games. This is just a kid in a candy store type of stuff for us. So before we get to that, if you're listening to the show via phone or via YouTube, I would like for you to like, share, and subscribe the Browner and Lawhead podcast or Kaplan and Crew, which is, is how you will find it on YouTube. And it's also how you will find it on the iTunes podcast store. So... Around here, we do a little something called the John's List. We're available Monday through Wednesday, 6 to 7 p.m. right here on the Mighty 290 ESPN. And what the John's List is, is we basically chalk up a couple of sections and we determine through that breakdown which team is better and who most likely has the chance to win. So if you're scoring at home, we're doing coach, quarterback, uh, skill position, which is wide receivers, tight ends, running backs, defense, and I was going to do kicker, but I don't know enough kickers. And so, and and we'll do score at the end of that. So at the end of all that, we'll try to determine who's going to win these playoff games. You can play at home. You can mentally play while you're driving. I would suggest as long as you keep your eyes on the road, have fun. Up first, here's a bracket. For those of you who don't know, here's the bracket. The Chargers are playing Jacksonville. Baltimore is playing the Cincinnati Bengals. Miami is playing Buffalo. That's the AFC. Kansas City has the one seed. The Dallas Cowboys are playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Giants are playing the, I don't even know what you want to call them, Minnesota Vikings at this point. The Seahawks are playing the 49ers. And the Eagles have the number one seed. We will start with Jason. Jason, who you got week, well, not week one, but the NFL opening playoff weekend we're going to start with the jacksonville jaguars versus the los angeles chargers coach who you got jaguars i mean that's what i don't even think that one's close right now um i'm gonna take jacksonville on the coach i'm taking jacksonville i'm taking jacksonville on the coach as well because this is pretty self-explanatory doug peterson has done a fantastic job getting this team up to speed and fighting over a lot of the things that they had to get through through Urban Meyer. They now round into shape at the end of the season and seem to be going into the postseason with all guns ablazing with home with home field advantage in this particular game. So I like Jacksonville's coach far better than I like the Chargers coach just because Staley has given me plenty of reasons to dislike him, not just what he did in the last game. Quarterback. Herbert. Jason. You know, Herbert, uh, by, but Herbert, not by a long shot right now. Um, but, but definitely, uh, I think he separates himself, uh, for the first few seasons he's had, um, you know, everybody Lawrence was the overall number one. Everybody kind of saw him having 
the type of career Herbert has had up until this point. That's kind of been a, a little bit of shift, but but don't count Trevor Lawrence out. I mean, still a talented quarterback. I don't think the separation's wide, but definitely would give the separation to uh, Justin Herbert. I think it's Justin Herbert. I, I, I don't. I mean, a lot of people like Trevor Lawrence. I like Trevor Lawrence. If anybody had to deal with what they had to deal with uh, his rookie year in the league with Urban Meyer, I think anybody would have struggled within that. So I don't. I don't uh, uh, hold that against him. But I think it's Justin Herbert. I think it's Justin Herbert by a lot. I think mm-hmm. what Justin Herbert's been able to do with better skill players throughout his career, with better skill players, I think he's been fantastic. I think he's had two uh, hand- coaches that have handcuffed him, and I think he's currently dealing with that situation now. So I'm going to go Justin Herbert with the quarterback choice. Skill positions. Jason, who you got? I mean, I'll, I'll say it's it's even because I like Jacksonville wow. running. I, well, I like Jacksonville's running game better than the Chargers running game, even though the Chargers may uh, may have more weapons out on the edge and, uh, you know, uh, throwing the ball. Um, I like and in playoff football, when it comes down to it, you got to really be able to be able to have a running attack to lean on in, in certain moments of the game early, late, depending on how the game is kind of being dictated. So I'm going to give a slight advantage to Jacksonville because of the running game. Okay. That's interesting because I'm giving the edge, and I don't even think it's an edge. I'm giving the the category to the Chargers because I believe with Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, who they say will play, uh, Austin Eckler, I just think that that's a better wide receiver core. I think those are better skill positions than what the Jaguars have. I like Etienne, but that's really all they have that jumps off the page to me. So for me, I think the Chargers have better guys with skill positions. And I think in this game where it's going to be more important, they have more experienced players at these positions. I think it's going to take Jacksonville a second to kind of get going. And will that stall by the guys kind of being there for the first time from a skill position uh, uh, set Will that hurt them and have them get off to a slow start? That's why I like the Chargers' skill position going into this game. Yeah, I know, and I'm only giving the edge because I and you make a great point. There's no doubt that uh, you know with Herbert, you know, in addition to those wide receivers, but I think it, you know, and that makes it important for Etne. They're going to have to lean on him if if he has the kind of games that he's had consistently. Um, I like you know. The, the scheming, the ability for Etne to kind of dictate a run game early, and that's going to be the big thing for the Chargers' defense is keeping him bottled up and forcing Lawrence to throw under pressure and not in play action and not in short yardage situations where they're getting second and fours and, you know, uh, things like that. So, But I still, you know, at home and, and with all things considered, I'm going to give a slight edge with Etne as the running because I just don't think the Chargers – uh, you, you know, use or scheme Eckler enough. I mean, and especially in big games when we saw it last year in times where they, you know, needed to close out some playoff games. I, you know, I like Eckler, but I don't know if they use him right. Defense, Los Angeles or Jacksonville, who you got? I'm going to call this one a draw. Um, I like, you know, I like personnel on, you know, I like a lot of individuals that the, the Chargers have. But, I, you know, you look at the numbers and you look at Jacksonville and you look at uh, the way they've played defense against some really good opponents this year, especially against the Chargers earlier in the year. Obviously, there was guys out. But, you know, they've given up less points. They've scored more points. Um, so, at home, I'm going to call this one a draw 
only because uh, Jacksonville has surprised me defensively. Now, the Chargers are going to have to come up with a big effort, and they've got the ability to do it. Will they do it? I am going to tell you the truth right now. I don't know much about Jacksonville's defense other than the kid who they took at number one is actually pretty good. So good for him. But I think the Chargers have way, 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 way more skill, high, high level, high level impact players on defense. I'm going with the Chargers on defense. Score. What's the score going to be? And who's the winner? Well, I'm going to put the feet to the fire here on the Chargers. I, I just, you know, until the Chargers make me believe, I, I, I'm going to take Jacksonville 27, Chargers 23. I'm taking the Chargers, and I'm taking the Chargers 35-24. Wow. Chargers I think going that, away on the road, huh? I think that the Chargers are going to win this game. I think it's going to be a Chargers hold them off. Because I think it's going to take a second for Jacksonville to kind of absorb the moment and move forward. Because I think they're going to be able to score on the Chargers. I don't know if they're going to be able to consistently do it before halftime. So I like Doug Peterson. I like what he's done with this ball club. But I see the Chargers winning this game because they've got more guys who've been around and they've succeeded in this league. So that's the first game. Second game we got. Let me fill the screen back up. Baltimore, Cincinnati. Now, this <laughs> this game has so many problems. I I don't know if Lamar Jackson is going to play. I don't necessarily know if uh, he is hurt or not hurt, but this doesn't look good. So let's let's just get this one out of the way. Yeah, Cincinnati, Baltimore. Who you got, Coach? I'll give a slight edge to Baltimore only because he's got the ring. He's got a lot of experience. I love Zach Taylor. I love the staff he's put together. I love the ability that they've had in the last two years specifically to be able to adapt and adjust as the season goes on, as games wear on. I think this team is really good at, at, at when the game go, co- continues and, and they get better. Even you know they, They're the type of team that you know, they can win games when they're not at their best. They can clean your clock when they are. Um, I'll give the slight edge to Harbaugh as a special teams guru, those kind of things, but it's not a big edge. It's Harbaugh. He's won a Super Bowl. He's mm-hmm. done it with different types of styles. He's done it with different type of players. Them sure. stumbling onto Lamar Jackson and and basically nurturing that to what it is today. Harbaugh, easy. Quarterback. This is pretty easy too. Joe Burrow versus fill in the blank for Baltimore. I guess we would call it game time decision for Baltimore. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna take him Burrow, even if uh, Lamar Jackson's in the game. I, you know, he wow. isn't a hundred percent. Well, he's not a hundred percent Lamar Jackson. I mean, Joe Burrow's playing, you know, at a back to back MVP type of level season, and I know Joe Lamar Jackson's won an MVP, and I'm not ba- bagging on Lamar Jackson, but let's be honest, you know, um, you know, yeah, Burrow's been just kind of. I mean, these guys have won. How many have they won in a row? Cincinnati, you know, six, eight, I mean, um, against good football teams, you know, I just like Burrow the way he's held up uh, over the last two seasons coming off the injury um, from the year before last. And, you know, uh, Lamar or no Lamar, he's not going to be 100% Lamar. If, 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 if the teams were playing, I would give Baltimore the edge, but if both quarterbacks were playing healthy. 
I would give Lamar the edge. He's not, so Cincinnati. Skill positions. Who you got? Cincinnati by a long shot. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, Baltimore's best running back is Lamar Jackson. <laughs> Correct. So, you know, you got a double-headed monster there with uh, Mixon and um, P. Ryan. I-, I love that. I mean, that guy's just great a- as a secondary option in the in the running game. And then, you know, Mixon can catch the ball. He's a great blocking back. He can hold up a blitz. You've got, obviously, Chase and Higgins. I mean, you know, uh, Boyd. I mean, they've got all kinds of ability to stretch the field, you know, use the running game as a passing game, you know, hit you up front with the running. I mean, they've got all kinds of options. And, uh, you know, let's be honest. You know, I know, you know, Andrews has had a great year for Baltimore. But, with you know, what are they without 100% Lamar Jackson throwing and running? I just... I, I think both. I think Cincinnati is a wide disparity here in skill. This might be the widest skill disparity in the playoff that we we're, we're going to see. Uh, I think it's Cincinnati. I think it's a no-brainer. There's no need to even continue to discuss that. Defense, Cincinnati, Baltimore. Who you got? Man, you know, as much as I want to say Baltimore because that's what they kind of hang their hat on. I just this mm-hmm. Bengal defense in the last couple of months, man. I mean, they have played great football and up front they have kicked some teams in the teeth i mean they went into tennessee and just absolutely slammed that running game and just pushed that offensive line around they did the same thing to cleveland with chubb and that and that you know multi-talented offensive line the second time they faced them recently and i just like and early on before the before the game that uh you know demar hamlin went out you know that first you know uh, quarter that they were playing through they looked really physical and they looked like they had the upper hand on buffalo at least early I mean, that game had a lot of game to play but i like the way they came out so i'm gonna take cincinnati i am in from a defensive standpoint i'm gonna take baltimore because once they got roquan smith the leap that this defense has made in consistency has been better than what the Bengals defense has done of late I think the consistency of the Baltimore Ravens and the identity of them knowing what and who they are, I think that will help them. So I'm giving Baltimore the edge because I think that's the only thing that's going to stop this game from being a bloodbath. Joe Burrow will throw you an interception. That's just kind of how he gets down. It never seems to phase him. It never seems to hurt them at the end of the day. So I think Baltimore is going to be able – there's going to be room for Baltimore to make plays defensively. I don't think they'll make enough. But I'm, I'm giving the edge to Baltimore there. Mm-hmm. Final score, I like Cincinnati. Final score, I just like Cincinnati. I'm not sure it's even going to be that close. I wouldn't be surprised if it is. It is playoff football. It is a division rival. Uh, They just saw each other last week, obviously. So there's a lot of tape to to adjust to. But I like Cincinnati 34-21 in this one. 34-24. I'll give give, uh, Baltimore an extra field goal. 34-24 Cincinnati. I like Cincinnati in this game 24-10. Low score. I don't know. I don't think I don't think Baltimore's going to be able to move the ball. I think the situation that they have going at quarterback, if Lamar Jackson doesn't somehow make a miraculous recovery within right. the next two days, they just whatever they have going on with them, I think it's it's pretty embarrassing at this point with Lamar Jackson, and I think that's going to sow itself in, into mm-hmm. the locker room, and it's going to create some division. And I don't think offensively they'll be able to overcome what the Bengals can do uh, uh, defensively. So. Even though I like Baltimore's defense better, I don't like their offensive parts 
and I think that this will be an easy game for Cincinnati to win. Let's hit the, let's hit the let's hit the bracket again. Miami Buffalo. Tua out, not playing due to the concussion. Thank goodness. Who you got? Miami Buffalo, 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 Buffalo. Every whatever the check. I don't even you don't even have to say the words offense. The quarter Buffalo, 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 Buffalo in a whitewash. I think Buffalo comes out and uh, you know, with all the emotions they carried over from the last game. With the way they, you know, attacked uh, New England in a home game, but I mean, they, they, there's just so much here for Buffalo to. I think this is going to be the blowout of the weekend. As I'm as I'm writing down Buffalo for, for, 40, 40, 41, 17, Buffalo. Wow. Okay. 41-41-17. I like Mike McDaniel's. I like him a lot. I like him better than Sean McDermott. I, I think McDermott is a good coach. But nevertheless, you are correct on pretty much everything that you said. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give Buffalo a pretty big win too. Uh I think they'll take the gas off. I think they'll take their foot off the gas. So I'm going 35 to 14. Because again, I do not think what Miami has left over on offense that it's gonna be. Mm-hmm. enough to come close now even if Tua was playing i would still like buffalo in this game for the of simple course. fact that i just think buffalo is a better football team at full that. strength i think buffalo is better than miami at full strength and buffalo is plus 169 this year in point differential miami's minus two which That's is crazy because at one point during the season it miami's was like miami three. couldn't yeah. they couldn't be stopped they were eight and three. So, they finished nine and eight. And I think a lot played, and I think a lot played into that. So I mean, because sure. we're not going to go down the, the the individual situations. What I will say, I think what played a lot into that is Mike McDaniel brought this offense, and with any NFL offense, this happened with Matt Nagy. This happened with any offense where the coach comes in. This happened. I think this happened in Minnesota too. You get a new head coach, and all of a sudden everything looks to be running smooth. Everything the offense looks to be practice style. Like oh man, they're executing. By week eight to week 10, the NFL gets enough tape on you. These coaches who get paid right. millions of dollars, who wake up at 4 a.m. to watch a video, kind of figure it out. And I think that's what happened with Miami. And I think they didn't get a chance to kind of counterpunch the punch that they were given because the Tua injury really kind of put them in a bad spiral as to where they were never really able to recover because then the, the backup, who I think is Teddy Bridgewater, he got hurt. And then they were playing Skylar Thompson, I think that's yeah. the kid's name, which, you know, no disrespect to him, but good luck, bro. Good luck. I mean, I don't think that's – if any if any team were to walk away this weekend with the win that you would sit back and go, oh, my God, that's going to be the one. Of course. That would be the upset of the most recent memory in, in the NFL, in, in at least the playoffs. Oh, yeah, no doubt. And I, and I don't necessarily – you know, again, no disrespect to Mike. And McCain, even with two in there, like you said, even with two in yeah. there, I think that this would be the most, this would be kind of a shocking upset in the most recent memory, in a, in especially in an opening type of playoff scenario or any, you know. It'd be one thing if that was the AFC championship game and Miami Correct. approved that they had knocked off a couple of teams to get somewhere. Correct. But yeah, I, I think that this is just... You know, I think and it was telling that Miami kind of buckled under a lot of just adversity in the midseason and they just never really got their 
their groove back, no matter who they had to kind of instill in spots. So I, th- I think that's telling as well. That That's telling to a big Buffalo victory this weekend. So here's the rundown in the AFC bracket. Uh, we got Jacksonville against the Chargers. Jason's got the Jacksonville Jaguars, 27-23. I've got the Chargers, 35-24. And Cincinnati versus Baltimore. We both picked Cincinnati. Jason gave 34-21 mm-hmm. score. I gave 24-10 score. And in the Buffalo-Miami game, we both chose Buffalo. Jason thinks it's going to be big and ugly at 41-17. Yeah. I just think it's going to be ugly at 35-14. to 14. So um, those are... Those aren't great games, by the way. I think the Lamar Jackson being out really took the air out of that game. And I think Tua, and thank God he's not playing, which, you know, depending on which God. Chargers-Jacksonville will probably be the best football game in that AFC window right there. That'll probably be the best football game. I think it's going to be we've, close. We've got more John's list. We've got better games coming up on the NFC side when we come back on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Brown and Lawhead. Welcome back to Brown and Lawhead here on the Mightier 1090 ESPN, taking you guys into a wild card weekend. We are here Monday through Wednesday, 5, 6 to 7 p.m., and we've got all the shows available via podcast, whether it be YouTube or whether it be iTunes Podcast Store. All you have to do is head over there, put in Captain and Crew, and we are in the Great Friends Podcast Network. We're very easy to find. Like, share, and subscribe. Who are you like sharing, subscribing? Me, John Browner, and comedian, world travel extraordinaire, and Russell enthusiast, Jason Lawhead. We went over the first uh, side of the AFC bracket for the first round of the NFL playoffs, uh, which, you know, after looking down at the list, the John's list, of course, it doesn't really seem that good for those of you who just joined in. If you don't know what the John's list is, what we do here and we predict, we do a John's list. We take the list of things, coaches, quarterbacks, skill players, defense, and then we decide whether or not, time permitting, who's going to win and what the score is going to be. I know there are a lot of people out there like, well, what about the defensive line? What about the offensive line? Listen, man, the show's not five hours, all right? We got one hour to kind of break this down. This is the easiest way to do it. This is the cleanest way to do it, so that's how we break it down. For those of you who need to see the bracket, if you're on YouTube, this is what the NFC looks like. Dallas against Tampa Bay, the Giants against the Vikings, and the Seahawks against the 49ers. Jason, Mm -hmm. same formula. First Mm -hmm. game, Mm -hmm. Dallas against Tampa Bay. Coach, who you got? Draw. You know, I I just do not like McCarthy. I know he's got a Super Bowl. I I just, I don't know. There's something about McCarthy that I just would not, if I was a fan of the Dallas Cowboys, that would make me uneasy. Um, I'm going to call it a draw. I like Todd Bowles. I like the way he can design and scheme defensively. I like the way he gets the most out of kind of what he's working with right now. Um, Yeah, they had a disappointing season record-wise. Yeah, they were lucky to be in a, a terrible, terrible division. But mm-hmm. I like I just I don't know in these kind of games, man. I'm not gonna give the edge to McCarthy. I'm gonna call it a draw. Ooh, I, I'm only okay. gonna give it a draw because McCarthy has a Super Bowl ring. If McCarthy didn't have a Super Bowl ring, I'd tell you Todd Bowles. When it comes to coaching, I can't I can't give it to Todd Bowles, and here's why: they haven't looked good. They haven't in a bad division with quite arguably the greatest quarterback of all time. They haven't looked good from a team aspect. They haven't looked ready to play. Now, they have had just about 
more injuries than anybody else, but injuries isn't really an excuse. But I'm going to give the edge to Mike McCarthy, man, because I, I, I just think that Todd Bowles, I don't think he's the guy. And it pains me to say that. I don't think he's the guy. He hasn't necessarily – I don't know if he's – I don't know if he's giving Brady more uh, leeway or more room to move around, more room for input. But I, I don't, I don't think he's done a good job coaching that team this year, man. And so, you know, okay. I mean, that's fair. I, I, that's I a fair assessment. I just like the way he out. schemes defensively, and I think you know, I just I'm not sold on Mike McCarthy as a big. I know he won the Super Bowl. It's hard to say. Oh, hey. But I just, as lately as a big game coach, down the stretch in his last few years in Green Bay, here in Dallas, I just, I don't know. Quarterback. Wow. I mean, yeah, come on. Uh, Next. (laughs) I mean, Brady's better than, Brady's better than Brad Dak. He's better than Aikman. He's better than Staubach. I I don't know which. You put them all together. You could, you could, you could, you could make a. You could make a quarterback out of the DNA of every Cowboys quarterback. And still wouldn't be good enough. Uh, listen, I everybody knows I don't like Dak Prescott. Everybody knows Dak Prescott is like the most vanilla, like white bread, not white bread in the sense of personality, but skill level quarterback that I believe out. Uh, he's the he's the black Kirk Cousins. Like I don't think that he is of anything. Like he's the black Daniel Jones. Like he's just. He's there. Um, I like, I mean, obviously it's Tampa Bay. It's Tampa Bay. Even though Tom Brady in an elevated age isn't what he once was, he can still read defenses better than anybody else playing in the game right now. So I think that's going to be his advantage. And so I'm, I'm going to give the quarterbacks to Tampa Bay. Skill positions. Who you got? Well, I, I'm going to go – I'll give a slight edge to Dallas there because they've got the two-headed running game. Mm-hmm. They've got C.D. Lamb. I think C.D. Lamb right now is probably out of uh, you know out of all those you know, players is having the best, you know, individual season. So um, – but that, there you go, though. You've got – it's Dak with that, right? So, you know, yeah. it's, a slight, it's a slight edge. I'll give a slight edge to Dallas as far as, you know, kind of just their youth, their health. And you know what they've got there, but you know it's the combination of Dak with the skill positions, Tom with his skill positions. It's not a big advantage, but I'll give it to Dallas. I'm going to give it to Tampa Bay, and here's why: mm. I I don't think Dallas is going to be able to run the football. Mm. I think they're going to abandon the run after a, a quarter and a half of it not working. I think Dak's going to end up throwing 40 times. And that's going to spell disaster because I don't think he can get it to these guys 40 times plus in ending with scores. So I'm giving it to Tampa Bay because you got to add into those skill positions, the person throwing them the ball. Mm-hmm. I think that I, I think Mike Evans and I, and I think uh, a good Godwin, I think they're better wide receiver tandem than what Dallas has. I think Dallas gets far more hype than they give you production. I think that their record leads people down the, a road to ask that question of what do you mean? How can you say that? But when we get on the field, I, I, I have no doubt that that Tampa Bay team will be elevated because of the person throwing them the ball. And I cannot say the same thing for Dallas. So I'm giving okay. it to Tampa Bay defense. Who you got? I'm going to give this one uh, to Tampa Bay um, uh, slightly. Um, 
only because of the scheming, and which is why I, I like the defense or the, the head coaching draw. Uh, I think Todd Bowles is going to be ready for this game like he was in the opening week. I know the opening week was a long time ago, and Dak got hurt during that game, and yada, 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 yada. But mm-hmm. um, lately, you know, the way Tampa Bay's at least has been – that's been the only reason Tampa Bay has won this division is that their defense kind of held the glue down when things were looking like they – I mean, you know, and they some of the games they even lost, I mean, almost all of them were, you know, at the expense of what the offense didn't produce. So, um, yeah, you know, their defense has given up what? They've given up 358 points this year. Dallas has given up 342. As great as that Dallas defense is individually and all that, I'm going to give Todd Bowles scheming a little bit of an edge. I'm picking Sounds Dallas. Sounds crazy, but whatever. I'm picking Dallas. It doesn't sound crazy. And that's it's a good pick. I mean, Dallas, if I would have said that, you know, Dallas has got a great defense. <laughs> I'm, I'm picking Dallas not for their scheme, for their individuals. Yeah. I think Dallas has Michael Parsons, who everyone loves, who everyone will tell you is great. I think this is the Michael Parsons game more than it. Of all the people over the weekend who need to pull off a game so that you can walk away going, yep, that guy's for real. Michael Parsons is the one. Everybody loves Michael Parsons, but Michael Parsons doesn't have big playoff moments yet. Michael Parsons hasn't been able to seal the moment for the Cowboys in a spot like we're going to see him this weekend. So I think that this is going to be a game where the Cowboys stars on defense have to win the game. And they haven't really been good at closing games out lately, especially that last game of the season. It was really gross. But I think those guys mentally were gone to the next round. They were already in the playoffs, and so that's where their mind was. And I'm expecting the defense of Dallas, not the offense, the defense to really bounce back and really carry them over to to the next week. So that's where I'm at with that. Just give me a score. Give me a team. I like Tampa. I like Tampa by a late field goal, maybe the closest game of the weekend. Um, when you look at Dallas, they're four and four on the road. The only game they've lost at home this year is to Tampa. And, you know, they've lost to some kind of, you know, Green Bay on the road, Jacksonville on the road, and OT. And I see this one either a late game field goal or an OT loss. I'm taking Tampa 24-21. 24-23. I think that late field goal is going to be one that's they're down and they win it 24-23. Tampa. Because the Cowboys are going to Cowboy. I'm taking the Chargers to Charger and the Cowboys to Cowboy. <laughs> I can't believe I'm about to say what I'm about to say. But I think Dallas is going to win this game. Okay. I think Dallas is going to win this game in a 28, 28 to 20 fashion. I don't like the way that the Bucks have played up until this point in the year, man. I really don't see them being able to shake that. I And I think the Cowboys got literally laughed out of the building the last time they were on the field. And in that locker room, there's some nervous people. And if Dak Prescott's reputation is on the line, Mike McCarthy's job is on the line. And so I think there are way too many sharks swimming around the water for them to come out and draw another egg or uh, 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 dump another egg. So I like Dallas in this game, but I don't feel good about it. And I don't think it's going to be by a lot. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Next game, Minnesota, Minnesota versus the Giants. Walk me through it. Tell me who you got. 
Coach Giants. I like Dayball. I like the way he's collected this unit of guys, brought them together, um, wins the way he wins, grits it out the way he grits. I mean, you're looking at, you know, uh, you're looking at a team that played in a really tough division this year that uh, didn't slip. You know, they could have slipped. It looked like they were going to slip, but then they kind of looked like they were going to slip. And they were the team that kind of held it together between them and Washington when you looked up at the division and seeing how great Philadelphia played to start the season and how, mm-hmm. you know, Dallas weathered the storm with Cooper rush and, and just kept winning a football game. And, you know, they had a little here and there. I mean, are they a great football team? No, they're not a great football team, but I, I think where they are, where they are a lot in, in respect is to the coach. I think Brian Dable is one of the better coaches. I think he should be coach of the year. Other guys have done a good job, but no one told if, if they told you at the end of the year, the quarterback conversation would be done as to what they're going to do with Daniel Jones, no one would be talking about replacing him. A lot of people would have laughed in your face. Mm-hmm. Brian Dable has done an amazing job with that offense. He's done an amazing job with Daniel Jones. And so I think that, for me, New York definitely has a better coach. Not that I don't like uh, the Vikings' new coach. I just think that he's in the same bucket that Josh McDaniels – not Josh McDaniels, I'm sorry. Uh, Mike McDaniels is in the Dolphins' coach where they've seen your best shot, and now you, what's your counterpunch? This is going to be his first real announcement of a counterpunch. So uh, we'll see what he does. Quarterback, who you got? <laughs> well, I don't know. You know, I'm going to call it a draw because. This, man, this is the Spider-Man meme game for quarterbacks. These guys are the same dude. They're the same dude. Well, they're the same dude in the sense that, I mean, I think Cousins is more of the slinger, but and and Jones is more of the runner. Um, obviously there, but I understand what you say with, but I think in a game like this, when it comes down to that kind of attrition, now these two teams played on Christmas Eve and Mm -hmm. Minnesota in Minnesota, Minnesota wanted on a last second field goal, a 61 yarder cousins had a good game. I don't think he's going to have that good of a game again against, uh, you know, a scheme, a defense, you, 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 you got tape on them. Um, I'm going to call it a draw only because. Yes, Cousins is the slinger, but that can get you in trouble. Jones is the runner, and that can either be feast or famine as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that, that's kind of where I sit. I just, I, I guess the game will will kind of decide <laughs> who's right. the better quarterback. I guess. I don't like either one of these guys. I really don't. I've never been a Kirk Cousins guy, and I think Daniel Jones is is basically a more athletic version of Kirk Cousins. So this this is the first even I think I've had throughout this entire process because I really think these guys are the same guy. Skill positions, who you taking? I got to take Minnesota. I mean, uh, Cooks had a great year. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Jefferson's the best skilled player on the field. Oh, um, whoa, whoa, really? Okay. You don't think Justin Jefferson's the best skilled player on the field? No. Who do you think is? Saquon Barkley. Well, okay. I love Saquon, but is he be no doubt? I he's my favorite. Let me tell you something. Saquon Barkley, my favorite NFL player since Joe Montana, since I was a kid. I mean, I don't pick like favorite players, right? But he I love this kid. I've loved him I since too, he's been man. at Penn State. I loved him the way he's come in. I love the way he's bounced back after injury. I love the way he's kind of just sat there. He had a sit and just eat bad football for the first couple of years and take a beat. And they finally put a, at least a capable offensive line around him enough to, that he doesn't get his head taken off. And um, but as far as usage, 
That's mm-hmm. why I'm calling. As far okay. as usage and what the, these teams are able to get out of that that best skill position is why I go with Jefferson. I love Saquon Barkley. If you had to ask me uh, if I had to pick between the two, I would take Saquon and, and, you know, without a quarterback saying, you don't have your quarterback yet. Who do you want to start a football team? Give me Saquon Barkley all day long. He never gives up the football. He never fumbles it. He never puts it on the turf. He's a great blocking back. He's a mm-hmm. great receiving back. He's a great feature back. He's a big, you know, big play bust out kind of a guy. Even when you bottle him up, bottle him up, bottle him up, all of a sudden there's a 65-yard run. So, yes, in that sense. But as far as usage and the way the season has panned out, I, I'm going to take Jefferson – uh, in that sense, and I'm going to take Jefferson and Cook together as that tandem to be the better skilled skilled position and give a slight advantage to the Vikings. I'll 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 agree. It's it's New York, but it's a it's a hair. You're splitting okay. for me. You're splitting a hair because I think Saquon is that good. I think that they've been able to really utilize some of the younger guys that they have at wide receiver, who are a bunch of no name guys you've never heard of. But the Giants have found a way to kind of give these guys an opportunity to shine around what they do with Saquon Barkley. So I like Saquon Barkley way more than a lot of people. I mean, not as much as you do, not more than you do, because we like him equally, I, I, I feel like. So yeah, I think it goes to New York. It, it goes to uh, Minnesota, but it goes to Minnesota for me simply by a hair. Yeah, and you know, it's interesting now that you know, I kind of think about it when you talk about skill position, and even though we have a quarterback in a separate category, Daniel Jones is kind of more of a poor man's Josh, Josh Allen. So he right. kind of helps bolster that skill position yeah. for the Giants at, at being able to get out on his legs and being able to run the football, being a bigger quarterback that can put his shoulder down and get that extra mm-hmm. two yards at the at the first down marker if he has to at the sideline where Cousins can't do that kind of a thing. So. Yeah, but with Jefferson out in open space with, you know, if, if and like you said, it's going to depend on what quarterback leads those special, you know, those uh, skill position units. So, but yeah. Defense. Defense, I'm going it. with the Giants. I'm going with the Giants defensively. Um, I think they've I think they've shown um, throughout the season against, you know, competition. Look, when you look at it, Minnesota's 13 and four, right? And they're a minus mm-hmm. three point differential. The yeah. Giants. The Giants are nine, seven, and one, and they're minus six in point differential. So obviously, that Minnesota defense has given up four hundred and twenty-seven points this year. I mean, there isn't, you know, there isn't a playoff team. Isn't that something? Minnesota's thirteen and four; they're a minus three. Detroit Lions are nine and eight, and they're a plus twenty-six. So when there isn't a whole Minnesota, lot of teams that gave up Minnesota a lot of wins. chunk of points like that that are at least even in the playoffs or sniffing. Min- Minnesota wins a lot of one-score games, but when they lose, boy, they get the doors blown off. Mm-hmm. So, and that that's reflective in that stat. So, give me the numbers and give me your winner. I'm giving you this one's my this one is going to be my overtime game. I think the tables turn on this one. I think the Giants win it in overtime on a big play by Saquon Barkley. I'm going Giants thirty. Vikings 24 in overtime. I I think that I think the the Vikings win this game. Mm-mm. But I don't think I I think it's at the I think it's at the buzzer at the gun again, man. I think this is I think this is going to be a 28-27 win. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, a 28 a 28 to 31 win for Minnesota. And I, 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 that, that's just how I, I think anybody can win it. This is the any man's game. Anybody can good, win this game. This is the toss-up game. 
I think this is going to be the game that you watch throughout the day. You go, ooh, ooh, this one's yeah. close. Um, Seattle, San Francisco, we got three minutes, uh, two minutes, actually, because this one isn't going to take long. Yeah, coach a little bit of Pete Carroll because where he's been, what he knows, what he's seen. Quarterback, obviously, I'll take a, a draw the way Brock Purdy has played and what Geno Smith has to go up against. Um uh, skill positions, Debo's in there. Give me San Francisco all day long. Defense, not even close. San Francisco, I think San Francisco in a route. I think you might see some Seattle players getting taken off on a stretcher in this game. I like San Francisco at home. San Francisco 28, Seattle 10. I think this is going to be ugly. I think this is going to be ugly. Buffalo, Miami, ugly. Mm-hmm. This is the other side of that. I don't think I don't think Seattle has a chance. Mm-mm. I really don't. And I and for coaching, I gave the nod uh, to San Francisco. Okay. Because I I I like Pete Carroll, man, but I just don't think it's going to be enough. I think you could have like a how we just talked about the the, the quarterback with that. You could have uh, Lombardi's DNA, Belichick's man. DNA, Paul Brown's DNA. You could build a coach, and it ain't going to matter. You could put you know mike shanahan's grandson in there and cal shanahan cal shanahan has done the most he's done with great. the least at quarterback no this doubt. year more than anybody and his reputation at this point with quarterbacks and growing guys has been fantastic let's do the checklist we got 40 seconds we'll use the checklist as the upset if you're picking an upset if you're picking an upset when we come back on monday who will it be Oh, well, I, my upset is Jacksonville. I love, you know, I think Jacksonville is kind of uh, when you talk about favorites, Jacksonville's the upset and the Giants. Those are my two biggest upsets. I wouldn't call Tampa winning at home against Dallas that hasn't been able to prove anything and beat their own shadow over the years. An upset when you have Tom Brady. So those are my two upsets. Jacksonville at home, Giants on the road. My upset is Baltimore does the unthinkable and Ooh. beat Cincinnati. That's oh, my checklist. Wow. We'll see y'all on Monday. Peace. Brown and Lawhead. Peace.